This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey, Steelers fans. Welcome to the debut of the Steelers Power Half Hour. Guys, we made it. I'm Chris. I got Paul and Joe with me. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great tonight. Fantastic. Well, and <laughs> hey, we start our thanks go to the great Brian Anthony Davis of Behind the Steel Curtain. It's a uh, we appreciate being on the podcast. And each week, we're going to do what the show title says. We're going to be ranking everything Steelers related. And we got to start out the year by kind of taking a good look at our Steelers. Who's going to have the biggest impact on the team in 2021? Um, how we're doing this. And we're going to try to get the fans involved uh, with a maybe internet vote. We'll talk to uh, some people with the podcast about this. But we ranking each of us submit own rankings. We compiled it and we're going to go over the top five and lots of debate beforehand. It should be interesting to see where this goes. Any thoughts before we get started, Joe? Um, well, we were debating a little bit on how to state the question exactly. And it, we, uh, we're talking a lot about what performances, uh, we think are going to have the most impact on the team. And so as we considered it, we considered players, obviously. But as we're looking at a lot of the changes that are happening in the team, we've been talking a lot about the role of coaching uh, in a couple of the key positions as being some of the most important performances that we're looking at. So don't be too surprised if there's a couple of important slots taken by coaches over some of the players. Yeah, and... Paul, I, I looked at it from a sense of if these guys fail, this season goes sideways. Because I think you can make an argument for everybody on the team, every coach, because everybody's important. I mean, there's a lot of question marks and a lot of things we hope go well for the Steelers. But these are five guys. If they don't produce, we might be in trouble this year. Yeah, because obviously every position is going to be crucial. But these are guys who, uh, again, the top five, they're – the list goes all the way up the the full roster, uh, but these are kind of the top five that we think these have to be in place so that all the others can succeed. Uh, but if these go south, it's going to be an ugly few months for us. We well, did, for the most part, uh, leave off the hook uh, locker room attendance and ticket takers. Or, or hot dog. The, the hot dog. No, yeah. I think hot dog vending is possibly one of the most important factors. Yes, it didn't make the top five, but I think it's important. The fans and the proper functioning of the Heinz ketchup bottle. That's got to be right. on fleek. And the guy that hits play, 
the guy who hits play on the Renegade video at the proper time. Oh, if that is just a moment too late, forget yes. about it. Just yeah. the season's over. Right. So, so game one. Although those are for granted, you know. <laughs> well, they didn't make the list, but these guys are even more important, if you can believe that. Let's start at number five. Probably the best player on the Steelers, talent wise. Um, if you look at the Madden ratings, he probably has the highest Madden rating. Uh, we're looking at our TJ Watt, outside linebacker. Um, I'll start. I mean, yeah, you might make arguments saying, what is it? shouldn't it be the most important? Well, here's how I look at it. I would be stunned if TJ Watt doesn't have a double-digit sack season this year. Um, anything's possible. Hopefully he stays healthy. But I think we can count on TJ doing well. I would say, though, that he's crucial because we need TJ to do really well to set the tone for the defense. We've got other players. We've got playmakers in, in the defense line and, and linebackers. But if TJ can hit that 15-sack mark and really be instrumental, if he gets that support from the other side, and we look at guys like Alex Highsmith and Melvin Ingram, it could be a special year for TJ. But I think by calling TJ Watt first, we're setting the tone and say, TJ, do what you do, man, and maybe even take it a step higher. Joe, what do you think? I totally agree. I mean, that the reason he got my vote to be this high on the list would is exactly that, that he, it is his, the dominance that he has already displayed needs to be there and continued and maybe even improved upon. And the whether or not that happens is just crucial for the entire defense, which I think sets the tone for the entire team. If he's able to be really disruptive, that's great. If he draws double teams, that sets up other players to to be pe- to penetrate and get more work done. It's but everything goes you know, on the defense really goes through what. Um, Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, I would just echo that because it, it really just TJ has to be TJ. And I was I considered him in the placement here. If he gets hurt, that's going to cause a massive disruption in the defense. TJ mm-hmm. just needs to be TJ. For every game of the season, uh, drawing double teams, as Joe said, that's going to that's going to help enhance Highsmith, uh, Ingram. That's going to make things a whole lot easier for Spillane, Bush, whatever comes out of the the middle linebackers. Uh, so again, yeah, if he goes down and we just have say Hightower and uh, or Highsmith and uh, Ingram on the edges, it's it'll be okay, but not like having TJ there. Very different season. Yeah. And thankfully, we did get Ingram for death purposes. Because could yes. you imagine if, God forbid, Watt went down, then we had um, Highsmith and um, Cassius March as our outside line. I, I can imagine Ugh. that, and I don't like it. <laughs> yes, not good at all. I have a very good imagination. Let's go to number four. And, you know, Najee Harris is who we picked. And, you know, half of us say, hey, we can – he's going to get 1,200 yards. He's going to catch a lot of passes. We hope so. We have – we feel good about his performance. We're hearing a lot of great things from Steelers practice, saying he's doing some good stuff. I uh, saw a fan video of a powerful run where he ran over five, six guys during a, you know, a tackling practice today, which is great. I'm all for that. But obviously, if things don't work out with Najee, 
we're in trouble because we have to have the running game. And we didn't have that running game last year. And, you know, we have high hopes for Najee. We think Najee could be a breakout player. But it's crucial that at least he's productive. And he's got a huge weight on his shoulders. I feel good that he's going to be able to be productive. But he's got to be productive for us to have a successful year this year. That's why I've got Najee at four this year. This year. Uh, Joe, your, your thoughts? Oh, me? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, the, the reason why he's kind of a question mark is that he's a rookie. And until he's done something, he's done nothing. Uh, I, everything looks fantastic. Got a lot of high hopes. Um, uh, the running game was so abysmally bad last year that almost anything is going to be an improvement. And there are other elements that are that go into it being a better running year for us. But... I definitely think the energy and the new uh, spirit behind the running game that Najee is going to bring will be a huge transitional thing for this team. So I'm looking for that performance to really set new tones for what we were not able to accomplish at the very end of last season. Yeah, I, I... I don't know if I'm allowed to say I was the dissenting vote on this one. I didn't have Najee in my top five. He was probably number six, but he, I think if he was asleep from one to four on Sundays, he would do better than the running game last year. So I, I'm reluctant to put a lot of pressure on him to be outstanding. I think for me, the biggest emphasis on him being important is using that high of a pick on a running back. Uh, rather than taking a really good offensive lineman. So in that sense, I would say, yeah, definitely there's pressure with taking him in the first round. Uh, that's that's a gamble with a running back. And so with that is going to come some pressure that he's got to be better than Connor was last year. And again, he could probably twist his knees and still do better than Connor did last year. Why would you say that out loud? Why are you talking about that? <laughs> That's not a Sorry. thing that can happen. No, I don't accept that. <laughs> not Jay, there's three of us here on this podcast. Two of us d- are hoping that nothing happens to you. And not that Paul's oh, hoping. That <laughs> okay. Well, well, suddenly you're talking about twisting these and everything. Oh, I'm like, oh. yikes. I'm just saying he could, he could have that and still be better than what we had last year. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Well, so it's a compliment. Oh, okay. Kind of. It's definitely an insult of... The players, the position players from last year, but okay. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll own that. Yeah. I got a little question for you guys. I just thought about this. What if we had to put a percentage on Najee being productive? And I'm not sure what a definition of productive is. Is it a thousand yards? Now, remember, we have 17 games, so you got more games to achieve whatever productive stat we have. But so maybe we should say 1200 yards. What do you think the chances are that, as we talk about this at the end of the season, we'd say, dang, Najee was productive. I'm not talking Hall of Fame-like. I'm talking just productive. How, how good do you feel about that? Joe, if you had to put a percentage on it, what's your percentage you think he'll you're, do it? Just to restate the question, you're asking the percentage of us saying he was at least productive. We're not talking yeah. about him being Hall of Fame. We're just saying, oh, the, this was a productive year for him. Well, and not being embarrassed by it. What, yeah, I, what, think, I think the percentage of that is high. The real question is, what is the number of yards that we would have to say he would get in order to be productive? Because I think 
I feel really strong, especially if he's staying healthy, which we always assume that they will. Um, I, the percentage is going to be 95, 99, something like that. Right. Um, I think we would be calling this a productive season if we were looking at 1,500 yards. Well, yeah, I guess the question when I talk about the percentage is, we're like, what's the percent that we're going to be like, man, he is good against the, oh my goodness, we made a mistake. So you're saying, oh, I, I'm saying we absolutely chance. didn't make a, make a mistake. Okay. I think at the end of the season, we're going to look back and say, this was definitely productive. Um, I, I, I think we're more likely going to be talking about a really solid year. Uh, it may still not be, oh, I mean, people can't help themselves one year. Everybody's always talking about the Hall of Fame, but it's only been one year. Right. I think we're going to be looking at more than a solid or slash productive season. We're going to be looking at a really good breakout year. Okay. Paul, if you had to put a percentage on it, what, what's the chances he has a good year that we're not saying, oh, my goodness, this, was a, this is a problem? I'll go 95% um, just because uh, – I didn't anticipate last year's running being so horrible, so I don't want to be overly optimistic. But for me, <laughs> I, I guess I need. I'll, based on what we've had the past couple of years, I'll, I'll put the bar even lower. At if he's over a thousand yards, which that's like basically sixty yards a game, if he hits that, I will be completely satisfied. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, that will be productive. If he starts going twelve hundred and above, then that for me is, yeah, he's he's really good. Uh, but for me, just. Kind of the, the low tier of be productive is hit that thousand yards, which should be easy. But again, we've been missing that mark as of late. So that, that's and, my standard. And we're going to talk a lot of that's going to do with offensive line questions, which we'll talk about a little bit later, giving you guys a preview. All right, let's go to number three. Um, you know, it was funny. Um, Paul and I did a sewage podcast last year before we joined the network here. And Last year at this time, Paul, we were saying Big Ben number one. It's all on Big Ben. And we think Big Ben's going to have a vital role to the Steelers again this year. But Big Ben falls to three. And not that Big Ben isn't crucial. There's two personnel that's even more crucial than Big Ben. But to start out, yeah, I think Big Ben is crucial. I don't think Big Ben is done. I, I read a story today talking about maybe his passes have a little less zip on them, you know, because there is a little bit of a decline with his age and everything. But a lot of people said, no, we're seeing him. He could still play. Um, kind of scares at the end of last year. We went from great Big Ben, who really was a callus to make us a lot of know, to Big Ben, what's going on? I think it's the first half of the Bengals game. And, but he had a nice reprieve where he led a big comeback against the Colts. I think it's crucial. I'm hoping with a good running game, we're going to have um, Ben not having to put as much pressure on himself to throw it all the time. But Big Ben's got to play better. And I, I've got confidence he could do it. Um, and i got confidence the running game is going to be better where he's going to have a better year. But he needs to prove on the field. we got to see a better Big Ben. Um, because if we don't see that, things could go sideways. So, yeah, so, so far, we've got at number five, we got TJ. Number four, Najee Harris. And number three, Big Ben. Um, hey, we got to take a break for the Behind the Steel Curtain Network. When we come back, we'll get Paul and Joe's thoughts on uh, Big Ben, and we'll reveal our first and second selections. 
Stay tuned with us here on the Behind the Steel Curtain Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And welcome back to Behind the Steel Network. Uh, I'm sorry, Behind the Steel Curtain Network. I apologize. This isn't good. So let's say it again, Behind the Steel Curtain <laughs> Podcast. Um, as we are debuting our Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. Um, hey, uh, it's our first show. We're, we're getting it. We're, we're, we're going to hit it right on. Um, our first part of the show, we're talking about which Steelers is the most crucial to team success here in the 2021 season. Number five, TJ. Number four, Najee Harris. Uh, we're talking about Big Ben. I gave my reasons why it's important. Uh, Joe, what do you think about Big Ben this year? Well, as much as any other year, when you're depending on your quarterback, he's obviously going to be one of the most pivotal uh, performances for the year. Um, but obviously, Ben, um, you know, extending his career just a little bit longer. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of questions that he's come off of injuries recently. There was a lot of people who had a lot of questions about his play at the end of last season. But I think for those of us who are Steelers fans who have been watching him over the years, we know that there's still some zip on those passes. We know he can still throw long. Uh, and he is one of the best at reading defenses and figuring out ways of getting the ball to where it needs to be. There are some other questions about uh, the running game. There's some other questions about once the ball arrives at uh, a receiver, whether or not that will be caught. Um, but I think for us, we're still recognizing that um, Big Ben's performance is un in a lot of doubt and question in a lot of people's minds, and he does need to step up and show that he does still have all of those same Big Ben skills that we've come to love over the years. I have no doubt that Ben's going to be Ben. I mean, it's... I think the one thing that he needs to watch is the interceptions. Uh, that's one thing that can sometimes be a little sloppy, but he's going to put up big numbers uh, like he always does. But obviously, I, so I don't have any concerns there. My concern is the health. And will there be the stamina to make it through this extended season? Uh, will there be some other injury? Uh, again, just like, as I said, with some of the others, that if Ben goes down, um might as well just plan for next year. Um, I, I don't see any of our quarterbacks on the bench stepping up to uh, – we, we can't dip into that hat of a, a Duck Hodges miracle season again. So Ben is – as long as he plays, he's going to be a, a major factor. Uh, I have no doubt he'll continue to produce uh, at the high level that he has. Don't turn the ball over and just be healthy to make it through the whole season and we'll be okay. You know – Duck Hodges had a good year. You know, I, I think Mason a couple could games. Keep, I, I think Mason could keep his Steelers head above water. I wouldn't say Mason's gonna lead us to the Super Bowl, but I don't think the season comes to crashing halt if you have to go to Mason. I just think Big Ben gives you a better chance of winning. Rolling I mean, rivers, baby. Yes. 
Yeah, we talk about the great Roland Rivers, who was the um, arm that came in and through during the uh, Steelers spring sessions. And yeah, if we have to get to Roland Rivers, I yeah, we might be in trouble. Yeah, that's, that's problematic. Yeah, no, no offense against Roland. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy, but uh, it may be difficult if we get that far. Hey, uh, back to our list. Number two. Hey, Big Ben's important. He's crucial. But, hey, our new offensive coordinator we're excited about, Matt Canada. Uh, he was a quarterback coach last year. He's now our offensive coordinator. Um, hey, let's be polite. But, hey, the offensive play calling last year left a lot to be desired. Steelers seem to have their most success when they went in no huddle. A lot of questions after the season. You know, did Ben just do it all on his own when he went no huddle? I mean, was really he the reason why we won some of those games that we almost lost? Um, so you know, they made a change. Matt Canna's the guy. Hearing a lot of good things about Matt Canna, it's going to be a different offense uh, already in practice today. I read about you seeing Big Ben under center a lot more, which is different because we're used to the shotgun Big Ben. Um, you know, we're going to see more running. Um, it came from Mr. Rooney. Mr. Rooney said, "Hey, you guys go run the ball more." So we're going to see more running and everything. But, hey, it's crucial. I thought the play calling last year lacked imagination. I think now with Matt Canna, you got a chance. You're going to see more motion. You're going to see a chance to kind of create something. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't know if it's going to work or not. I think we need a change at the coordinator position. I didn't know what was going to happen. Let's give Matt Canna a chance, but – if things don't go well, it could be very, very bad for the Steelers' offense. A lot of questions. We're going to have to see what happens. Um, I'm fascinated to see what happens next Thursday in the Hall of Fame game. I'd like to see some of that offense be played and see what a Steelers' offense is going to look like in 2021. I got faith in Matt Canna, but it's a big question mark, and hopefully he does well for the Steelers. Uh, Joe? Yeah, when I put in my votes, Matt Canada was the number one person that I had uh, that I thought was his performance was going to make or break this season. Um, we saw how badly this could go last season. And at the very least, I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know all of the ins and outs and everything. But while watching games, it was hard to uh, imagine that there wasn't missed coaching opportunities somewhere. There was conversations that were not happening on both ends of the communication spectrum. Somebody's talking, somebody's not listening. Uh, and that was evident all over the place. So we've seen what can happen when this goes badly. So I think Matt Canada's capacity to not only find good plays to call, but communicate him to, to Ben, to the rest of the offense, to make sure that the routes are the routes that are being called. Uh, that, that receivers are where they're supposed to be, that receivers catch balls that they need to, that offensive line is moving the way that it needs to in order for a solid running game to happen. All of those things have to happen together, and it falls on Matt Canada's desk. It is his responsibility. And so I think that really the changes that have to, had to be made because of how badly a last season ended – uh, really, it comes down to him being able to get all of these players on his playbook playing the same football. Yeah, there's a point last year watching games where my dog would look up and be like, they're about to throw two yards to Juju, right? It's like, yeah, go back to sleep. Um, it, it was so incredibly uh, predictable. 
And it, there's a lot of debate. Was that really Feekner? Was that just Ben? I, I don't know. Um, I know Canada has said that he's going to defer to Ben, but the fact that he's got Ben doing some stuff under center, that's a huge step. Uh, just make it make some different looks, or at least leave the defense guessing a little bit as to what we're going to do. So I, I, I think there's definitely a lot of pressure on Matt Canada to make sure that we can have a creative offense, an effective offense, one that isn't just so painfully predictable, which I think ultimately is what caused everything to come off the hinges last year was every, my dog knew what plays were about to happen. And I, everybody did. Very good. And um, that's why your dog shouldn't coach for the opposing team. <laughs> yeah. True. Paul really wants us to know his dog was upset with the Steelers. <laughs> lots of lots of dog references are, which is okay. I'm okay with, but Paul really wants us to know. It's good. Hey, um, let's briefly talk about the others. We need to talk about number one before we close the show today. Um, you know, Cam Sutton, I thought, you know, important guy. Um, he's a starting quarterback. And, you know, we have faith in him. Hopefully he pulls it out. Um Juju Smith-Schuster was mentioned. Deontay Johnson. Um, yeah. Um, can Juju keep up his good play from the end of the year? Deontay Johnson, can he catch balls? I think at the same time you can mention Chase Claypool. Could he make that next step forward? So lots of guys that, um, you know, should also be considered here. Uh, we did have a debate before recording the show tonight. Um, you know, Devin Bush, I think he could be considered for that top five. Um, Devin Bush, you know, he missed a lot of last year. He's back. Um, can he pick up the mantle? Uh, Devin's made some weird social media choices recently. And he's young. We all make mistakes when we're young. Can he pull things together? Hopefully he can. Um, I'm hoping that from Big Ben to Cam Hayward, we get some leadership. And I got faith for the future. Let's see what happens. So some of the other others were pretty good. Um, let's talk number one. I want to make sure we get to that because this is the most important thing in our opinion for how the Steelers, just crucial guys for the Steelers' success in 2021. Paul Joe, I wouldn't have known this guy's name a year ago. Um, <laughs> he was assistant offensive line coach for the Steelers. Now he's the offensive line coach. Uh, Coach last year didn't do that well, so he decided to make a change. And now we have Adrian Clem. He is our guy. Um, Adrian Clem is instituting a new run blocking. Uh, we're going to see some blocking similar to the Broncos did when they had Terrell Davis. Um, totally new guys. They're young, untested. But we got a new system coming in. And Adrian Clem was the guy that worked with Kevin Dotson who ended up being the highest-graded offensive lineman for the Steelers last year. I think it's ridiculous to think that we're going to have five pro bowlers on the offensive line this year, but I kind of scoff at the, um, what do you call it, the tone out there in NFL National reports saying, oh, this offensive line's horrible, it's going to sink. Hey, we got to wait and see for the season. New offensive line coach that did a great job with Kevin Dotson, brand-new guys, new scheme. It may not be perfect, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as what people think. Clem comes with a good reputation. I've got faith in him. It'll be interesting to see what he does. It can't be worse than last year. It can only get better. And if things go really well, 
and you can piece the guys together, hey, this could become a strength. And in a spot that we look at as, hey, this is the weakness of the team. Man, if we could get our offense line going with Najee Harris and with a good passing game, our offense is going to be great next year. What do you think about Adrian Clem, Joe? I think as much as any group of players on a football team uh, that need to all work together, uh, you don't necessarily need stars. You don't necessarily need you know five number one picks to play your offensive line. You need an offensive line that works together as a unit. And their ability to work together as a unit is a tone that is set by coaching. And that's why I think Adrian Clem's role here is more important than any of the individual players on that line. It's his ability to communicate the schemes, that run blocking scheme, the pass blocking schemes. However, all of it's going to work is only going to come down to Adrian Clem's ability to communicate with that group of guys and get them all on the same page. Uh, it is this little microcosm of certainly how the run uh, the improvements that we want out of the run game, it's all going to come through uh, the coaching of Adrian Clem. So that's how crucial it is. That will set tone. That helps with the passing. Uh, it will so help set tones for how much the defense has to be on the field. Uh, it's so, so, so crucial um, in the changes that are being made in personnel and in schemes uh, that he's able to communicate to that offensive line. Yeah, oh, hands down awesome. number. Yeah, hands down number one pick. Um, like Joe said, everything is going to build off of this. Uh, it, I we don't even have to be the best offensive line in the NFL. Uh, be mediocre, slightly above, and it will be okay. But if, if they can't be successful as a unit. Najee's not running anywhere. He's getting tackled in the backfield. Ben's going down. He's going to get hurt. He's going to be throwing the ball every two seconds. We're throwing the two-yard dump passes again. The defense is on the field all afternoon long. They're gassed. So these five guys uh, need to, and again, under Coach Clem, uh, they're going to need to rise up because for me, hands down number one, this season is going to rise and fall on the shoulders of his front five so uh coach clem uh, if you're listening just do your thing man do your thing god bless you sir <laughs> godspeed man well hey if they can pull it together and you know the rooneys aren't dumb you know don't count out the Steelers. every time we sit there and say oh it's gonna be a bad year for them they're successful that's why pittsburgh has now a losing season a long time um and you know i got faith in the rooneys um they knew that the office line was going to be a tough spot this year. But Adrian Clem's in there. They picked the guys they wanted. Obviously, you can't be 100% successful in who you pick and who you don't. But the Rooney's don't make that many mistakes. I, I, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised by the offensive line this year. Well, thanks for checking out the, the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour podcast on the Behind the Steel Curtain Network. Let us know what you think in the comments. We'll be back next week for another great topic. Thanks for checking us out. Have a great night, everybody.